Hey, Mama. I know getting meals on the table for your family can feel tough, especially finding weeknight-friendly meals that everyone in the family will love. There's a good chance it's why you're here, at least I hope so. Helping moms take the stress out of feeding their family is my biggest passion. It's why I share with you here, and it's why I created the Healthy Mama Cooking Club. If you've ever wished this podcast came with a weekly done-for-you dinner plan with a shopping list and meal prep tips, or maybe a recipe library with over 200 family-friendly recipes, cooking tips, how-tos, and hacks, well, it does, and it's all in the Healthy Mama Cooking Club over on Patreon. Starting at just $3 a month for access to our 200-plus recipe vault with printable PDF recipes, or $5 a month for weekly done-for-you dinner plans, plus the recipe vault and bonus podcasts every month, the Healthy Mama Cooking Club is the dinnertime solution you're looking for. Head to patreon.com slash healthymamachris or click the link in the show notes to try it out for a week free and join over 130 other busy mamas making weeknight meals work with the Healthy Mama Cooking Club. I can't wait to see you in there. All right, let's get on with the episode. Hey friends, welcome back to the Healthy Mama Kitchen podcast. I'm Chris, and today I am sharing a special bonus episode with you all. This is the recording of an Instagram Live I did earlier this month. I asked for your questions on all things grocery spending in my Instagram stories, and I got some great questions, so I answered them live. I thought the questions were so great and the information was really valuable, so I wanted to share it with you over here for those of you who don't have or prefer not to be on social media, but because this is the recording of a live, it's not polished. I did very little editing. It was in my kitchen, so it's a bit echoey. I say um quite a bit as I gather my thoughts, but I wouldn't share it with you over here if I didn't think it was really valuable. So knowing all of that, we talked about how to approach snacking or how we approach snacking as a family and how kids snacks fit within our budget, tips for sticking to your grocery list, I gave some basic tips as well as some less popular tips that do really work. I shared tips to save money on meals during the week without using leftovers, and I also give some tips on repurposing leftovers. We talked about convenience foods if you're really busy and budget-friendly, easy food options. And then I talked about mindset around being on a budget and if you can still save on food if you don't have a budget. So I hope this bonus episode is helpful for you. As a reminder, I share in detail my full budget-friendly grocery spending method in my new course, Healthy Mama on a Budget, so you can head to the link in the show notes to learn more about that. Enjoy this episode, and I will catch you in the next one. Hey, friends. Come on in. Get cozy. My kids are at the park with Daddy, so I've got a couple minutes to chat with all of you. I'm very excited. I have... A few questions, four or five questions here that you sent me in stories, and then I will answer any questions you guys have as well. So I'm just going to give it one second. This is an open Q&A on grocery spending. So any questions you have on eating well and spending less. So whatever that means to you. So if it is actually at the grocery store, if it's about your list, if it's about the things you buy, if it's about the planning, if it's about the actual meals, the cooking, I'm happy to share all of that with you. I'm not a finance expert, but I am an expert on meal planning and cooking and spending at the grocery store and spending less at the grocery store. All right, let's go and let's jump in because we're two minutes after two. So um, the first question that I got asked, I actually shared over in stories, but I'll just really quickly reiterate it here. 
I thought it'd be fun to have my kids um, share with you guys the answer to this question. Um, sorry, I just like ran in the room. So I'm like out of breath. Um, <laughs> but they, like I said, it's a good thing. A couple days ago when I went live, my kids were like screaming in their room playing Legos. So it's a good thing they're at the park with daddy. So the question is, how much do you spend on snacks? I feel like my kids are always eating. So I have no idea how much we spend on snacks because I don't itemize the items on my grocery list anymore. In the beginning of my budgeting journey, I definitely went in and was like, okay, how much am I spending on each item? I do not go that crazy when it comes to my grocery spending. Um, if that works for you, that's great. But I don't necessarily encourage that because everything kind of goes all together, right? Um, so I have kind of an idea of what we spend on meat because that is typically the most expensive part of our groceries. Uh, but when it comes to snacks, I can't give you an exact number, nor would the exact number that I give you really help you, right? Because everyone is different and everyone's family is different. But our approach to snacks is most of the snacks that my kids eat are just kind of the general everyday groceries that we get already. So we let them choose one fun snack. We call it fun snack a week. So this is usually a packaged snack. Um, we will use Costco for this. I shared my Costco stock up a couple weeks ago where we got some Z-Bars and we got some, uh, not Annie's, uh, Simple Mills crackers and... These snap pea crisps, which my daughter actually mentioned. This is our snack drawer down here that the kids can access. And funny enough, I wasn't sure my kids would finish this before they went bad. That's one of the ways that I recommend kind of whether or not something is worth buying in bulk for your family. And uh, you guys, it's been two weeks and they're like three quarters of the way through this bag. They really like these. So anywho. We usually let them choose one fun snack a week and then the rest of it is things like fruit and cheese. They really like things like salami or turkey pepperoni. We do eat some um, meat sticks. Usually we get them from Thrive Market. We got these at Costco. I just happen to have the snack drawer next to me. This is convenient. Um, we get these at Costco, little uh, meat sticks. They have a little bit more protein in them. So they are packaged, um, but what we try to do in terms of snacks is focus on the more filling snacks so they're not constantly asking for snacks. We definitely buy, I talked about this yesterday, some prepackaged items because sometimes it's convenient to have the granola bar when we're out and about and I don't always have time to make granola bars, but we do like to make snacks from home too. So we always have some sort of homemade snack on hand. So my youngest really likes hard cooked eggs like I do. Those are one of my favorite snacks. So she'll do hard cooked eggs with a little bit of salt on them. Um, oat flour muffins. You saw me make those if you watched my um, meal prep from last week. My four-year-old, actually she's not four anymore. My five-year-old helped me make those oat flour muffins as well as a really good inexpensive uh, option to make at home. Super simple ingredients. We made them with the bananas, uh, overripe bananas. So those are some of the things. So we'll make some of our snacks, but we certainly are not a family who makes everything from home because as much as I love to cook, and I'm a huge proponent of cooking from scratch and cooking from home. We don't have time for that, right? My husband travels for work often and it's just not realistic for us. And it's not realistic, I find, for most people. So I find a balance of making some things from home, having some of those packaged options, but really just focusing on kind of those whole food snacks. Um, not from whole foods, I mean like real whole foods in terms of things like fruits and cheese and salamis, those type of things that um, just keep my kids a little bit more full. They ask for snacks a little bit less often in my experience. A uh, Peanut butter is a good one too. 
My kids don't snack on veggies. They just don't. They're not really into them, but that's okay because we have them with our meals. We at least have them with lunch and dinner, and that's kind of the balance that we have. I've tried to encourage it. We've tried celery with peanut butter. We've tried carrots with hummus. They're just not that into it. That's okay. We just do what we can. They get the nutrients from the fruit. So that's the kind of quick snack question. If you want to see my kids being cute, you can go to my stories and they'll answer the question for you as well. The second question I got was tips for sticking to the list. Okay, this is a huge, it's a huge question and it's a huge answer and it's different for everyone because it kind of depends on why you're not sticking to the list. So the first thing I'll mention is something I've talked about before and I won't go super deep into this. Um, actually, let me grab my planner really quick. It's right here. I'm the worst. I'm running away on lives. <laughs> I won't go super deep into this, um, but categorizing your list. So having your list this is my list for next week in categories of different uh, places in the store, right? So I've got produce, I've got meat and fish, dairy and freezer, dry goods. This is a game changer when it comes to staying focused when you're at the grocery store because you stay in one section, get what you need and move on to the next section rather than running around the store. I've said this so many times in these last few lives. So if you've been to the last few lives, I apologize. But statistically, the longer we spend in the store, the more likely we are to buy. So if we can stay a little bit more concentrated in one area at a time, just get what we need and move on. This is also super important if you have your kids with you when you go grocery shopping, which I know for many busy mamas, that's the case. I love being able to go grocery shopping without my kids, but it's just not possible like 97% of the time. So, uh, Leaving your kids at home is not always a strategy. Sometimes they're distracting. So being as focused as you can on your list, right? And having a strategic list. I talked a little bit about that yesterday. So go back and listen to yesterday's live. Uh, I talked a little bit about having a strategic grocery list. Um, so the second tip I have for sticking to the list is actually having a budget for the extras. So having a small budget, something that fits within your budget. Now, if your budget is super stretched and you're still working on bringing it down, this might not be the time to do this, but I do find it's really helpful because I don't ever, ever, ever want you to feel like having a budget is constraining. I want you to feel like you have a reason, and I'm gonna talk about this after too because there was a question, um, and I'll get to that later, but I don't want you to feel like having a budget around your groceries is something that feels really constraining. I want it to be something that feels like, okay, I'm spending less on groceries because it's helping me in this other area. We're working towards this big family financial goal. Maybe it's not even a big family financial goal. Maybe it's a small goal. Maybe it's you guys want to go to Disney World. You guys, we went to Disney last week and we were there for one whole day and it was very expensive. So maybe that's your family goal and you're like, I just want to spend less on groceries so I feel a little bit less strained in other areas. It's important to know why you want to spend less on groceries and then you can bring in the option to have $10, $15, $20, whatever works for your budget to go, okay, I've got a little bit to throw in extras. Like I said, I let my kids choose a fun snack every week at the store. And I, when we go to Trader Joe's, because it's like a half an hour from our house, I also let them choose the snack to have in the car on the way home. Unfortunately, my four-year-old, five, why do I keep calling her four? Um, always likes to buy, uh, to choose the freeze-dried fruit, which like, I can't say no, it's freeze-dried fruit, but it's like or something, a bag, it's not cheap, um, but that's okay. I don't even like the word cheap. I don't like calling foods cheap. But uh, anyway, so I do leave a small budget 
for extras that I might want to buy. If I see something on sale, right? If I see my favorite crackers I talked about yesterday on sale, normally I get them at Costco, but I want to be able to buy a couple boxes of those because we love them and we eat them and they're full of great ingredients. So I want to be able to stock up on those without feeling like, oh, I'm going to blow my budget. Um, so having a little budget in there for those fun things can be a really great thing to have. So you're still sticking to your list in other areas, but you've given yourself a little bit of wiggle room to go, okay, I've got 10 bucks. I can put that in there and you're not blowing it. You're being really intentional. And when it comes to spending less, I think the number one most important thing, well, number one is awareness. And the second thing is being intentional and they really go together awareness of what you're buying or sorry, how much you're spending and awareness of what you're buying and kind of your own struggles. And I talked about that a few days ago when I, um, let's see, was that the second day? One of the previous lives. I talked a little bit about awareness. Yeah, that was the second day. Something that you need is awareness of what are you spending now and where do you kind of struggle when it comes to spending? And if it's sticking to the list, um, first and foremost, I recommend categorizing your list, being really intentional about your list, having a budget for extras. If you're someone who likes to throw things in your cart, just be intentional about it. Okay. Um, and just a reminder, if you are just hopping on, if this is your first time chatting with me, I didn't even introduce myself this time. We just kind of jumped right in. Um, but I am really big on whatever budget works for you. I'm not about just eating the cheapest option available. I am about you fitting in the foods that you enjoy to a budget that works for you. So if it's just spending less overall, that's what I want to help you with. It is not about eat like spending as little as humanly possible because I want you to still eat in a way that is nutritious and delicious. So I'm looking at my computer over here. So the, the third thing in terms of sticking to the list that I usually recommend um, and this is something that I talk about in Healthy Mama on a Budget. It's a little bit of a, I want you to get started with just creating a list if you're not creating a list now um, and creating a list that's intentional first, as well as obviously you have to meal plan in order to create your list. Yes, you do have to meal plan to create your list. So if that's not something you're doing, start with the meal planning, start with creating your list. And then I talk about determining what your weekly staples are. So what are the things your family buys every single week? And there are going to be things you buy pretty much every single week. Some of them are every other week, but the things that your family buys every week. So for us, there are things like yogurt. We buy yogurt every single week. We buy eggs. Actually, I'm trying to buy them every other week now. They are super expensive. When we go to Costco, we can get them there for less expensive. Uh, spinach we usually buy every other week. I put it in my smoothies and I have smoothies a few times a week. Uh, fruit. I just put fruit on my list because I sort of see what is what is least expensive and what the kids want as well. We always have carrot, celery, onion, and garlic. So I look in my fridge to see if we have those. Those are our staples. So there are certain things that we buy every single week or every couple of weeks. These are our staples. So I think it's important to price out those staples and just have an idea of baseline. How much are you spending at the grocery store every single week? This is really, it's a huge game changer. And I think a lot of people discount this, but go ahead, write down the things that are your staples that you, your family like cannot live without. If you have a kid who like lives off of bananas, then you're going to buy bananas every single week. So what are those things you consistently buy every single week? Price them out. You can do this in a couple of ways. You can do this by going to whatever online system your grocery store has. Um, even if you don't do online grocery shopping, this is what I find the easiest way is to do this and just kind of like create a fake cart and see what the total is. Just notice if anything's on sale. 
it's going to be a little bit different than when you go to the store um, if it's not on sale, right? So just kind of price these things out. And that can give you a really good idea of, okay, this is how much, and there's a reason why I'm talking about this when I'm talking about sticking to a list. Okay, this is how much we spend, like bare bones minimum every week at the grocery store. Say it's $30. I'm totally making that number up. Ours is more than that. I think it's like 40. Um, this is our bare bones. This is what we have outside of that to spend on everything else, to spend on those extras, to spend on dinners, to spend on lunches the other ingredients we need. So this can help you create more awareness around your meal planning and how much you actually have to spend. So, you know, if you have, let's just use that super simple $30 number and let's say $100, let's say $200. Let's be a little bit more realistic for most people. For most families, unless you're a very small family, $100 a week is pretty low. So in, you know, in this day and age. So let's use the $200 number, okay? So say your budget's $200 a week, your weekly staples are $30, that's $170 you have left to spend. So that's a good amount of money, but it goes pretty fast, right? So how much, what other things do you need to buy outside of your staples? Now that's kind of a disproportionate, those are some disproportionate numbers I just shared there. But let's say it's $50, then you have $150 to spend on the rest of it. So just having that idea of what are those things that you buy every single week? What is your baseline? What are you spending every single week, bar none, no matter what? Even if like you have a fridge full of stuff and you're like, I'm just gonna eat leftovers, we're gonna use what's in the freezer. What are the things you're still coming back to the grocery store for every single week? Like I said, some of us have kids who are like, this is the thing that my kid eats, so you're gonna buy that every single week. Then when you are at the grocery store and you are making those purchases, you have that awareness, you understand, okay, I only have this much to spend, what, and I really, again, don't want you to think of it as like, this is all I have to spend, okay? I want you to think of it as, I have this much to spend, okay? What can I fit in to this budget that I have, right? So categorize your list. I've talked about this before, but it really does make a difference. Have a budget for extras so you don't feel constrained, so you're not like, I'm on a budget so I can only spend this much because you will not stick with it. Guaranteed, you will not stick with it. If any of you have ever been on some sort of a meal plan before, right? And it's a strict meal plan and somebody tells you that you can't have something, you immediately want that, right? And then when you give it up and you're like, I'm not doing this anymore. Well, then what do you do? You eat all the things you couldn't have. And so I feel this tends to happen with our budgeting too. When our budgeting feels too constrained, then we don't stick with it. And we're not eating healthy on a budget because we are like trying to like constrain. We're eating healthy on a budget because we want to be able to do other things in our lives and not feel like food is costing us so much money. Okay. And again, we all have different reasons for eating on a budget, having a budget, wanting to spend less, whatever your reasons are, or your unique reasons, I want you to know what they are, and then you can kind of come back to them. Um, a couple less popular strategies that really work when it comes to sticking to your list, number one is adding up as you go. So I have a price tracker um, in Healthy Mama on a budget where you can track prices at different stores or you can use it to track prices at the store. You can add them up on your phone, you can write it down as you're in the store. I know that this is not for everyone, but if you are in a place where you really want to be intentional about your budget, this really can help. Just being in the store and going, okay, so far I've gotten a third of what I need and I've already spent 70 bucks. Am I going to have enough within my budget or am I going to have to dip into next week's budget? Um, another thing that can be really helpful is using cash. 
this can create more awareness around, okay, this is what I have and this is what I'm going to spend. Um, so if these things make you feel super constrained, then don't use them. But if you really want help sticking to your list, there, those are a couple of like the less popular strategies that do, they're less popular, but they do really work. And you can use those together too, adding up as you go, using cash at the grocery store. So those are things that you can do. What we do, um, just so you know, because I find this really helpful, is we have a debit account that's specifically for grocery spending. So we put in our entire budget into that. For us, it's the beginning of the month. You could do it every paycheck, um, whatever works for you. We have it all in one place. So for me, that feels like it feels a lot more free than like bringing a certain amount to the grocery store each time. So it's like, all right, this is our budget for the month. And then I can go and I can do my stock up at Costco and spend whatever I spend. And then I know I have, it's really, it's a great idea. I'm glad you think it's a great idea. It's really helpful because we can go and do that stock up and not feel like we only have so much to spend. We're like, all right, I have as much as I want to spend to spend, but then I only have this much left. So then we can also see that going down and we can also go, okay, look at how much money I still have for the rest of the month. And then it's your choice what you wanna do with the money that's left if you spend less at the end of the month. But then it also creates that awareness. Like if you do get to the end of the month and you're like, I don't think I quite have enough for like the groceries that I budgeted this month. Well, then you have to go and you have to make a decision. You have to pull for another from another account. It just creates that awareness, right? And it's really helpful to be able to see how much you still have to spend. So it works really well for us. So that's an option as well. Um, so the next question is, this is also a good one. I get this one pretty often. So it's my family doesn't like leftovers, other ways to save during the week. So you don't have to eat leftovers in order to eat in a way that's budget friendly, friendly for your budget. There's a lot of different ways that you can save. When I share strategies around budgeting, I always say, start with the basics. Okay, so start with planning and or creating a plan. Start with the budget, start with creating a plan. Um, start with a strategic grocery list, just being more intentional, more conscious about your spending. And then we can employ these smaller habits. Some of them are gonna work, some of them aren't, right? So one of the things that works for some people and doesn't work for other people, depending on their situation, is making more things from home. So you might make your breakfast, lunch, and dinner from home, but you might not wanna make your snacks from home. You might not be interested in making your own salad dressings, things like that. Leftovers is another one of those strategies that works for some people and it doesn't work for others. For us, we typically have one night a week that's a leftovers night. And for us, my kids love leftovers night because I just pull everything out of the fridge that I have either recipe tested or leftovers from dinners. And they feel like, because I cook a lot of different foods throughout the week, um, depending on the week. Some weeks it's all of our family favorites and some weeks it's like, you know, whatever I'm, whatever I'm making that week. So there's bits and pieces, odds and ends. And one of the ways that we use that up um, and if you have overcooked or you've cooked more than your family has eaten and you have a lot in your fridge, this is one of the way, uh, reasons I recommend being flexible when it comes to your meal planning um, is you can just take everything out and put it on the counter and they can choose what they want for dinner. Yes, it takes a little bit of time to heat up, but they love it. But that doesn't work for everyone. For families who don't like doing leftovers, who don't want to eat the same thing twice in a row or you know, the day after. I, the number one thing I recommend is if you do want to incorporate leftovers and your family's like, I don't want to eat the same thing twice in a row, but it is something you want to do, um, is to not eat them the next night. Just eat it in two nights because your leftovers will last for two to three days, right? So you don't need, necessarily need to eat them the next night. You just don't want to wait too long to eat them. 
don't reheat them and then cool them again and then reheat them and then cool them. That's not food safe. Um, but you can wait and not just have them, not have them tomorrow, have them the next night, whatever night's convenient for you, as long as it's within a few days. So if you want to utilize leftovers as one of those strategies, you can. Um, but another way, another thing you can do is just by repurposing them. So it's not the same thing. It doesn't feel like the exact same meal. So if you made a big pot of chili, how could you take that chili and make it into something else a different night, right? Um, you could make it into like chili cheese fries or chili on a baked potato or a big sweet potato. I make a sweet potato sloppy joe and that's very similar to like a chili type type. You've ever had a sloppy joe? It's kind of like a sweeter chili type topping on it. Um, so that's a great option too. So you could repurpose your leftovers as well. So other ways that you can save if you don't want to use leftovers at all. Um, oh, and the other thing that I, the other thing that I like to recommend is cooking one yeah, oh yeah, chili and hot dogs. Yeah, that's a great combination. My kids love hot dogs, so they would really like that. <laughs> um, so yeah, so one of my other things that I recommend is making a bigger protein once a week or a bigger amount of a protein. It could be something like a shredded chicken or pulled pork or carnitas, something like that at the beginning of the week. And you can use that in more than one meal. So your, um, so you can do a whole chicken, you can do a roast. I shared a Mississippi pot roast, like a healthier Mississippi style pot roast. If any of you know what that is, it's really tasty. Uh, we had not had it and I like went out on a limb and made a slightly healthier version and my family loved it. We've had it several times since because I had to test it a couple times. Um, so we made that and we turned it into a fried rice and my kids loved that. So it was a completely different meal. Like we had Mississippi pot roast with uh, mashed potatoes. So I did my instant pot garlic chive mashed potatoes. That recipe is on my website. And we had it with some sort of vegetables on the side. I think it was green beans. And then a different night we had the, re the leftover beef with fried rice, which was completely different and everyone loved it. So one way that we can do things is just repurposing things. Chicken is my favorite way to do this. So next week, I got my meal plan here. We're doing a whole chicken with roasted potatoes because we still have some potatoes. My pantry's over there as I'm pointing. Uh, we still have some potatoes to use up from when we went to Costco and I want to make sure they don't go bad. And then I wrote veggies down because we're going to the farmer's market. It's kind of whatever is there. And then the next night on Monday, I'm making a quinoa fajita casserole. And we already have quinoa. We already have shredded cheese for that. We already have all of the spices. We already have some broth on hand. Um, I'm going to use the leftover chicken. The only thing that we need for that are some peppers and we have some onions too. So that's a really great way to to repurpose that. And it's completely different. It's a completely different meal, completely different. I wouldn't say the quinoa fajita casserole is a cuisine. It's very much fusion, but my family really enjoys that. And that's a good way to use something twice. So that's an option too. If you don't want just straight up leftovers, other ways to save throughout the week, going meatless once a week or more, uh, meatless proteins like beans, like quinoa, like I mentioned, um, a lot of the um, meatless meats are just as expensive, if not more expensive in certain cases than meat. So that isn't necessarily the way that I recommend in terms of budget purposes when I say go meatless, but I'm saying beans or refried beans or lentils or split peas or um, like I said, quinoa, tofu, tempeh, these are very inexpensive meatless proteins. Um, sorry if it sounded like I was yelling or air conditioning just clicked on. Um, I'm sorry for any of you who are in cold places. It's a warm day here in Florida or my part of Florida. Um, so going meatless one day a week or more is a great way to save overall. And that's an intention that our family usually makes is to do one, at least one meatless day a week. This week we actually had two meatless days 
I'm looking at next week and I don't actually have any meatless days next week. Um, well, technically meatless. I have two seafood days next week um, because I'm going to share some reels with you guys. Some of my favorite inexpensive uh, seafood. Well, one of them's my favorite uh, inexpensive seafood recipe. Um, so that's a really good option too, is to go meatless once or more a week. Choosing a less expensive base, um, so something like a bowl, and filling up on things like inexpensive vegetables, so roasted vegetables, grains, beans, like I mentioned, um, if you want to do like a burrito bowl. If you have beans on there, typically you also need less meat because beans have some protein, they have some fiber, they're a little bit more filling. Veggies have lots of fiber, they're a little bit more filling. So think about how you can balance out the more expensive items, right? So maybe you serve up a smaller bit of meat, maybe you can use that meat, maybe you can use that meat in more than one meal. If you're doing burrito bowls one night and tacos the other night, because usually you don't use as much in tacos, but maybe you have refried beans with your tacos, maybe you have black beans with your tacos, maybe you have sour cream, maybe you have cheese, maybe you have other vegetables, obviously. Um, maybe you have other things that are filling. So being able to stretch it a little bit longer is also a really great way to save or and just making the base of your meal a little bit less expensive. Um, and then just keeping it simple during the week is one of the best ways that we can save without making a ton of, like without making any huge changes or without eating leftovers. So I think a lot of times we just overcomplicate things. We don't need a recipe every single night. One of my family's favorite meals is just rice or cauliflower rice and I get the frozen, I'm gonna share this in a couple of weeks, sometime soon with you guys, um, because I decided to film it one day because I'm like, this is one of my favorite easy inexpensive meals and pretty much everything is like uh, frozen or from the pre-prepared section. So it's some sort of a chicken sausage. We like the unexpected cheddar chicken sausage from Trader Joe's. I use their fire roasted peppers and onions and I just saute up the sausage, take it out, saute up the peppers and onions, take it out. And then if I'm using collie rice, I'll add that in, saute that up, or we'll use regular rice. Just kind of depends on what we're feeling. Add in the sausage and the peppers and onions. We serve it up with usually some chopped cilantro or chopped parsley. The kids will oftentimes put cheese or sour cream on there but it's really, really easy and it's pretty darn inexpensive and it comes together really fast. So that's a good, I actually have a question about convenience foods, which there is an example right there. Um, keeping it simple. So a protein, some sort of a starch and a vegetable, you know, get some healthy fats in there somewhere and you're cooking or whatever it might be. It can be really simple. I think sometimes we overcomplicate things. If you fill up your entire meal plan with a bunch of complicated recipes, there's a chance it's gonna be more expensive, especially if those recipes all have wildly different ingredients. One of the best meal planning hacks for saving money on groceries is meal planning with similar ingredients. So ensuring that not every single one of your meals is entirely different ingredients. This doesn't mean variety isn't important. I'm all about variety, but we like to focus on variety kind of week to week more than we do during the week. Like every single day doesn't need to be wildly different. And we buy at least five different vegetables at the grocery store every week. So we have a lot of variety in what we eat, but I'm seeing things like a bag. I use the bag of sweet potatoes as an example. Often you buy the bag of sweet potatoes because it's less expensive to buy the bag than it is to buy the individual one because you buy it by the bag versus by the pound. It's typically less expensive in that case. So if we buy the bag of sweet potatoes, I can use it in more than one meal. So this past week, what did I, I use the sweet potatoes. I'm like, what was the first thing I used sweet potatoes in? I have my meal plan in front of me. I made a black bean soup with sweet potatoes that was delicious. Oh, I also made our um, sweet potato sloppy joes I just mentioned earlier. So I used up the whole bag of sweet potatoes just making baked sweet potatoes 
for sweet potato sloppy joes. And uh, my youngest didn't eat a sweet potato. And so I had one left over in the fridge and I was like, ah, oh, shoot, I over, I made something. I made too much of something is what I meant to say. Uh, and my daughter ate it for lunch the next day. She's like, this is so delicious. Okay, cool. She had it with something else on the side. So we used it up. So we used up all our, our whole bag of sweet potatoes. It was $1.99 at Trader Joe's. Um, and we, so we used it in two different meals, but in two very different ways. So that's a really good meal planning hack as well. So keep it simple. Okay. Oh my goodness. I Question number four. I'm like, I'm talking way more on each one of these than I thought, but you guys have so much to share. There are so many things that we can do, but I don't want that to feel overwhelming to you. I want it to feel empowering. Like there, we start with the basics and then we can add in so many of these little habits that are just going to create that downward trend of your grocery spending. Even with inflation, even with inflation, I promise you can still reduce your grocery spending. Um, and I know this, okay, because my grocery spending has stayed the same, even with prices going up because of the habits that we have and just refocusing on things like utilizing similar ingredients in meals, choosing the in-season or less expensive produce, leaning into less expensive proteins, eating more meatless meals. These things are all shifts we can make if we feel like our grocery spending is kind of on the upturn and we're like, okay, I need to pull it back a little bit. We can make these small changes and those small changes really do add up over time. So I already started talking about this a little bit, um, but all of these things lead into each other, right? Um, I don't have a ton of time to cook, so I need convenience and it's hard to avoid overspending. Yeah, it's really hard to avoid overspending when we're talking about convenience, whether it is convenience when it comes to eating out, like eating at a restaurant, grabbing takeout on the way home, which may or may not be. It's usually more expensive than cooking at home. Oh gosh, I can't remember the statistic. I have a statistic in Healthy Mama on a budget on cooking at home versus eating out um, and versus meal kits because it's expense, more expensive for both of them. And there's a balance to be had. If you like meal kits, do meal kits a couple days a week and then the other days reduce your budget by eating at home. So it kind of depends on the convenience foods that you're choosing. Like you can choose box mac and cheese. Even the organic box mac and cheese is pretty inexpensive but it typically doesn't really fill us up. So we have to add other things to it as well. And that's when it starts getting more and more expensive. Um, so what I would challenge you to do is consider convenience in a different way. So how can you find options for fast meals that are a little bit less expensive? So if you know me, you know, and if you commented on my stories, you probably know me at well enough to know that I'm a big proponent of meal prep, but that doesn't mean you have to prep hours and hours on a Sunday. I like to do a one hour prep on Sunday and I share it oftentimes um, in reels here on Instagram. If you don't even have time for that, you can just, when you are cooking in the kitchen, prep a little bit. Actually, um, Dana, my community manager in the Healthy Mama Cooking Club was sharing the other day and oh, I had, an, I had um, another, another friend in the Healthy Mama Cooking Club, another community member who shared that she made some overnight oats while she was cooking dinner the other night too. What did Dana say she did last week? But she like was like prepping for her next night's meal while she was prepping dinner. So when something's cooking on the stove, just getting things chopped and ready for the next night, even just a few minutes can make a huge difference in how much time or with, in saving time and being more efficient when it comes to actually cooking. So rethink convenience a little bit. Um, how much time do you actually have? Because if you buy something like a frozen lasagna, right, and it's defrosting in the fridge, all day when you're at work and you come home from work and you have to preheat the oven, 
and then you pop it in the oven. Now, if you have someone pop it in the oven for you, you're saving a little bit of time, but if you're popping it in the oven yourself, it still probably takes 30, 45 minutes. It's been a long time since I made a, a frozen lasagna. It's gonna take some time. So how could you make something that is going to take even less time? What would take less time than going and getting takeout? A lot of the meals that we make take less time than going and getting takeout, just when it comes to actually placing the order, driving there, waiting for it, driving back. We can make so many quick meals, like the one I just mentioned with the chicken sausage and the frozen peppers and onions and cauliflower rice or regular rice, whatever toppings you want. That meal comes together in like 15 minutes. My egg roll in a bowl recipe comes together in 15 minutes, especially if you use um, like pre-minced garlic and ginger. So you can buy those in the frozen section at Target. I think you can buy them at Trader Joe's as well. Lots of grocery stores. I can't remember the brand right now. I like the frozen ones. I support the frozen ones. I don't like the pre-chopped uh, garlic in the jar. I'm sorry, those of you who use it, I'm a chef. I can't do it, I can't do it, but I can definitely support the frozen ones. Those are great and really convenient if you need a convenience option. Um, and mushrooms too, like buy the pre-sliced mushrooms. If you need convenience, is it more expensive? Yes, but sometimes those little convenience choices are going to be less expensive than buying the pre-made meal, especially if you're buying the higher quality pre-made meals. The more higher quality, the more expensive they get. But how much time is it actually taking you to even heat that up? So there are some really simple, less expensive foods that are really easy to heat up. So I'm thinking of Trader Joe's. If you have a Trader Joe's in your area, but it's not the only place, you could get a rotisserie chicken. They don't, Trader Joe's doesn't have rotisserie chicken, but that popped into my head. They have pre-cooked chicken that you could throw on top of an easy salad or a salad kit. Um, you can use the chicken sausage. Like I said, chicken sausage is pre-cooked, so it's really easy to heat up. Um, a lot of kielbasa is also pre-cooked, so it's really easy to heat up as well, whether you do turkey or pork. Um, frozen vegetables come together really quickly. They take less time to roast in the oven than roasting fresh vegetables. You could also steam those if you wanted to. You could add them to a stir fry. There's lots of different options for frozen vegetables. Um, I have a list over here. If you see me looking over here, Frozen grains, like Trader Joe's again has frozen grains, but not just TJ's. There are a lot of other places. I think, I'm trying to remember if Aldi has frozen grains. I'll have to look next time I'm there, because uh, I'm not sure if they have frozen grains or not. I know they have some like frozen grain blends that could be really good, but I know that Trader Joe's has like frozen rice, frozen brown rice, frozen quinoa, easy to heat up, and it's just gonna, it's not gonna be as inexpensive as making it yourself by any means, but it's going to be less expensive than like buying that whole pre-made meal or doing a meal kit typically. So that's an option. Canned beans are really quick. It's basically just rinse and heat, get some spices in there, get some seasonings in there because we want to enjoy our food even if we're trying to spend less. Um, let me say pre-cooked chicken, frozen meatballs, you can use in a lot of different ways, especially if they're small. So there's a lot of convenience items that you can mix into your meals to make your meals faster, but are less expensive. So I yesterday I recommended not buying pre-cut fruits and vegetables because they're up to 50% more expensive than buying the um, whole vegetable or fruit and cutting it yourself, which is 100% true. But if for you, it's the difference between buying the pre-cut and making it yourself and getting takeout by the pre-cut you're going to save that way. Another thing you can do is invest in some of the tools that cook your food a little bit faster. Now you have to, if you have the money for this, something like a rice cooker, you guys, rice cookers are so inexpensive and I'm a huge proponent of a rice cooker. 
I did not use a rice cooker until I started dating my husband. I had no idea what a rice cooker was. We definitely didn't have one growing up. My mom just made rice on the stove. Um, but we got a rice cooker early on. Well, I think we were, well, we were still dating. You can get them for like $20. We do not have a fancy rice cooker. My rice cooker. Uh, I can't get it right now. I was going to show it to you, um, but it's like 20 bucks on Amazon. It's really inexpensive and it takes uh, next to no effort to make rice. So you just put the rice in. I also use it for quinoa. You don't want to fill it all the way up with quinoa because it will overflow. I've learned that the hard way more than once. Um, you can't use it for things like couscous or farro or you, can you, you can use it for farro. You can't use it for couscous or orzo because they're actually pasta. They're not grains, even though they look like grains. But pretty much any grain, we use it for millet, we use it for white rice, we use it for brown rice, we use it for quinoa, super easy. It's basically just putting in the grain, adding in the water, setting it, and then you can do whatever else you need to do while it's cooking. It usually takes like 15, sometimes 20 minutes, depending on how much you put in there. A tip, a budget tip here is to double the amount as long as you, you know, as long as, again, don't overfill it with quinoa, but double the amount of grains that you're making. It's no more effort. It doesn't take any more time. And you can use that in a meal later on during the week. Reheat with a little bit of water. So that's an option as well. The air fryer is great too. It definitely cooks things a lot faster, but it does take up room. Like our air fryer lives in that cupboard down there, but it does take up room on the counter. It doesn't live on our counter. Otherwise we wouldn't have enough counter space. So if you have the space for it and you have the money to invest, I think we got ours on sale for like 70 bucks. If you don't, then that's not an option. That's okay. But that is another option. It cooks salmon in like less than 10 minutes. Really simple and really delicious. I love air fried salmon. So that's an option too. Um, so just rethinking what is convenient, getting some of those less expensive convenient options. How much time do you actually have to throw something together? Focusing on those easy throw together meals rather than the takeout or the frozen meals. Um, and it's a little bit healthier that way too, right? Because you're making it from home. You're making it from simple ingredients. Um, and the last question I have, and then feel free to start popping questions in as well. Um, okay, I really like this one. Not on a budget, but I want to spend less. I think this is the case for a lot of people. That was me saying that. This said, I'm not on a budget, but want to spend less. Can I do this without a budget? Okay, so this one's really good because I think there's a lot of stigma around being on a budget, okay? You do not need to be in like a dire financial situation in order to be more conscious about your spending or want to spend less on groceries. Now I do recommend awareness. I do recommend becoming aware of how much you're actually spending on groceries. So adding up what you spent last month because that awareness helps us to see that downward trend of spending less on groceries. Do you have to be super strict about your budget? No, you don't have to. This is up to you. This is your journey. This is your life. It's your budget. I've said this before and I'll say it again. I will never tell you how much you should spend on food. That's up to you. It's up to you. And I talked all about this on Tuesday. I talked about how to find your ideal grocery budget. It is up to your family size, their ages, their appetites, your own financial situation, how you eat and how you want to eat. If you have food allergies, if you have dietary restrictions um, and where you live. Okay, so all of these things factor into what your grocery budget is or how much you spend on groceries. And I will never tell you what that number should be because there is only a right number for you. There is no one right number. But just because you want to spend less on groceries doesn't mean you need to be on like a super strict budget or be in a dire financial situation. I think there's a lot of stigma around this. And really the what I want to 
emphasize, I think, is really this is just about being more intentional about our food shopping habits so that we're not spending more than we want to, so that we're still eating in a way that we want to eat and spending what we want to and not feeling like all of our money is going to food or more than we want to is going to food. I want you to feel more in control of your spending when it comes to your groceries rather than feeling like the grocery stores are out to get you and charging you way too much for food, which they kind of are right now. But <laughs> just knowing these, learning these habits, okay, can really help you to reduce your overall spending but it's about being intentional, okay? I don't want you to have the mindset of I'm shopping on a budget or I'm cooking, you know, I'm eating cheap because then we get into this mindset of I'm eating cheap now, but I'm not gonna eat cheap later, right? Once I spend less now, I'm, you know, I'm not gonna eat like this later. I don't want you to have to change your eating habits entirely. I want you to eat the foods you wanna eat and still spend the amount that feels good for you, that works for your family, your ideal grocery budget, whatever that is. And there are going to be seasons where we want to spend less and there are gonna be seasons where we want or can spend more depending on what our overall financial situation is, right? We might be making more money than we've ever made in our lives, but we might have a big financial goal that we're working towards. So even if we can spend more, it doesn't mean we want to. So I want to move away from the idea of eating on a budget means that we have to eat the cheapest foods or that we can't eat the foods that we want to eat. It's really about just being really intentional about what we're spending and developing the habits so that we have that awareness of what we're spending and the choices that we're making. And we can make the choices that are right for us while feeling like there's a lot of wiggle room within our budget um, so that we can buy the things that we want to buy and we can eat the way we want to eat without feeling constrained and especially without feeling like it is taking away from other areas of our life. Like, oh my gosh, food is so expensive, so I can't do X, Y, or Z. It's like, no, I got this. I'm in control. I can spend what I want to spend on food and still eat the way I want to eat. And sometimes we buy the extras because that is what works for us at the time. And that's what feels good. And we have a little bit more wiggle room. And sometimes we're like, I'm going to buy less of the extras because we are saving to buy a house, buy a car, pay off our debt, go on a family vacation, insert whatever your financial goal is here. So our budget, okay, can ebb and flow. How much we spend can change over time. You might be spending less in the future because you have one of those goals that's different than what you spend now. I wanna give you the tools to be able to know what to do to shift your spending down if that's the case, right? If you need to, or you want to in the future. Um, so just moving away from that idea that eating on a budget means like we're gonna eat the cheapest things possible and that it's not gonna be enjoyable or we're not gonna be able to eat the foods that we wanna eat. That is not true at all. I want you to keep the foods that you truly want to eat and the types of foods you want to eat in there and adjust around that, right? Focus on the planning, on the strategic grocery shopping, on reducing food waste. Those are the big things that you can work on. And once you get to that point, then you can play with the nuances and reduce that overall spending. But you don't have to reduce the spending to as little as possible unless you wanna do that. You definitely don't, right? Could we spend less on food? Absolutely, we could spend less on food. But what we spend is an amount that works for us based on the way that we want 
to eat. And I want the same thing for you. I want you to feel like what I'm spending is an amount that feels good for my finances and for the way that I eat. Um, and I think that's different than some finance experts out there. You know, I've taken several personal finance courses. I shared my story kind of a little bit, a couple days in a row. My husband and I knew nothing about finances when we first got married. We got married really young. We were terrible with money. We racked up a lot of debt. And so we went through a whole process of paying off like 10 grand in consumer debt over a period of years. So we did a couple different personal finance courses and there are some, we've done at least one where they're like, yeah, you just need to eat like rice and beans and sacrifice as much as you can in order to reduce your debt. And I'm like, that doesn't work for me. That does not work for me. Do I like rice? Yes. Do I like beans? Yes. Is that the only thing I want to eat? No, I am not going to live on rice and beans and peanut butter and jelly and tuna fish. Do I eat all of those things? Yes, I do. Okay. Um, I actually don't like peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. I'm sorry. My kids do. I don't. I like tuna though. Some people don't like tuna. I like tuna as long as it's prepared correctly. A nice, a good tuna salad. I grew up with tuna casserole. So if you're a tuna casserole kid, you understand and you liked it, right? Um, so anyway, I don't think that you have to eat those foods if you don't want to, if they are a part of your budget or what you're spending on food, if they are a part of your life, then great. But you don't have to just eat those foods in order to spend less on groceries. If you need to take the, the idea of being on a budget out entirely because it makes you feel like you're eating cheap and you're eating low, you need to eat lower quality foods. Um, not saying that those foods are lower quality foods, but if that's what it makes you feel like or it makes you feel constrained, just think about it as spending less, right? Or shifting that mindset is really important because there is that stigma around being on a budget sometimes you don't necessarily need to you don't need to be in a dire financial situation to want to spend less on groceries and if you are this is one of the ways that you can save really effectively in one area at least this is the only area that i'm an expert in i will not help you in any other areas um because i'm i'm not qualified but i am in this area and i know that no matter where you are we can bring that trend downwards while helping you eat the way that you want to eat I have been talking a lot, so I'm gonna take a sip of my black raspberry with two Zs. You know what, you guys, this is one area. Could I spend less on sparkling waters? Yes, I could. Is it a good financial decision for us? Well, it fits within our budget. So yes, it's fine, right? It fits within our budget. So that's really all that matters is that what you are Choosing fits within your budget. I'm never gonna judge you on your choices. That's not my place. It's up to you to decide what fits. And for us, it's sparkling water because I mean, it's one of the ways that I get, it's one of the ways I get my water in. And there might be certain food items like I mentioned yesterday. If it is, if the only way you're gonna get in fruits or vegetables is buying the pre-chopped ones, are they more expensive? Yes, but if that helps you to get them in, then that's great. So, all right. Please send me more questions if you guys have some. I see some friends joining in. I just finished all of the questions that I had from stories. If you are watching this in the future and you have more questions on grocery spending, reducing your overall grocery spending, feel free to send me a DM. It's just me in my DMs. I will always answer you. Um, I try to check at least um, my, like my request box, at least usually at least twice a day. So I'll get back to you. Um, definitely ask me any questions. I'm happy to answer them. I've been doing this for 10 years. I was a personal chef for five. 
Um, I know a lot about reducing overall grocery spending. And I've been doing this with my own family since the start of our own personal finance journey, which was like uh, basically 10 years ago as well. Yeah, we've been married for, it'll be 14, no, 13. <laughs> I'm glad my husband's out with the kids. 13 years, 13 years, yeah. <laughs> Okay, friends, I don't see any other questions. So I'm gonna hop off because my family is gonna be home soon. But friends, Healthy Mama on a Budget, my new course, it's the companion to the Budget Kitchen Guide. If you like the things that I shared with you today and you want more details and you wanna know like the exact action steps to eat well and spend less, no matter what your budget is, no matter what you have to spend, if you don't even care to look at your finances but you wanna spend less at the grocery store or you're like, I need to spend less on the grocery store because we have this big financial goal that we're working towards. Whatever your situation is, it'll help you to eat well and spend less because we start with the basics. We start with learning how to become more aware of what you have been spending and what you are spending. We talk about mindset. We talk about, which is really, really important. I talked a little bit about mindset today. We talk about mindset. We talk about meal planning, we talk about shopping strategically, we talk about cooking, meals that are more budget friendly, choosing meals that are more friendly for your unique budget. We talk about reducing food waste and a ton of strategies in between. So we talk about doing a monthly stock up if that's something you wanna do. I have a whole do's and don'ts of bulk buying. Um, it's like a 35 minute lesson. It's worth listening to if you're not sure whether bulk buying is for you or not. And I give a lot of different options and resources for everything from meat to dry goods, canned goods. I talk about the big box stores like Costco and Sam's Club and BJ's. And then I talk about like smaller meat providers like ButcherBox. Um, and wild pasture and what's the other crowd cow. Um, I talk about those. And then I also talk about places like Thrive Market, Amazon, tons of different options. It is super, super extensive. It is crazy extensive, so much so that I labeled the um, core lessons with a little grocery cart because those are the ones that I think that you need to start with. Otherwise it could be overwhelming because there's so many strategies. And that is the best thing about working on spending less on groceries is that there isn't just one thing that you need to do. There are the basics that you do need to do. You do need to have a plan. You do need to have a grocery list. But once you're there and once you feel like you have those habits down, there's so much we can do from there. We can always add on more to reduce your spending, whatever your financial situation is now or whatever your financial situation is in the future, which is something that I really appreciate is knowing these things so that I know if things are a little bit tighter in the future, I know some of the things that I can do to spend less at the grocery store without feeling like we're not eating the way that we wanna eat. I'll have to give up my sparkling waters, but I won't give them up entirely because if we give up all joy in the things that we buy, in the things that we eat, and this is something I learned from Paige, um, Paige Schmidt, for those of you who don't know her yet, go follow her, she's amazing. Um, but she is a finance coach, and so I've done financial coaching with her, I've also done life coaching with her as well. But she talks about having a joy-based budget and making sure that you keep the things in your budget that are joyful, um, that bring you joy, that are enjoyable. So keeping those foods in that you like, like I mentioned before, keeping those things in there that bring you joy, whether it's your sparkling water or the your favorite ice cream, you don't need to restrict your foods that you enjoy in order to spend less at the grocery store. 
it's about trade-offs. If those things matter to you, keep those in and then choose the less expensive options in other areas um, or utilize other strategies to reduce your overall spending. Okay. So go grab Healthy Mom on a Budget. I want to see you in there. There's a group coaching option. I'm offering it now. I may or may not offer it soon in the future. I'll offer it again in the future, but it might not be till the fall. Um, so if you want somebody to like, if you want me with you each week, answer your questions, helping you to troubleshoot, the group coaching is definitely the option for you. If you're someone who likes to go about things alone, it's only 99 bucks. I wanted to keep it as budget friendly as possible. It's huge. There's a ton in there. If you go through the core lessons, the core lessons will take you about six weeks and it will make a difference on your grocery budget or your grocery spending, I should say, within those six weeks. And then you can go back and add in those other little habits as you go. Or you can listen to it all at once. It's totally up to you. It's there. You get lifetime access. It's in Teachable. There's a free app for iOS. So if you have an iPhone, you can listen to the lessons. Most of them are audio based because it's easier for those of us who are busy mamas or busy working professionals. And this works no matter where you are starting, no matter what your uh, budget is, no matter what your financial situation is. I will, like I said, never tell you how much to spend on groceries. I will only help you to reduce them to a place that feels good for you. And I will never tell you you have to cut anything out of your grocery budget. It is about eating the way you want to eat and spending the spending what you want to spend. So use a different strategy. If it's not cutting out your sparkling water, it's not cutting out your sparkling water. Okay, friends, I hope you all have a great day. Thank you so much for being here with me today. If you have any other questions, please shoot me a DM at Healthy Mama Chris. I'm happy to answer your questions. I will chat with you all soon. Thank you for listening to Mommy's podcast. Friend, thank you so much for listening to another episode of the Healthy Mama Kitchen podcast. Don't forget to subscribe wherever you love to listen to podcasts so you never miss a cooking tip. If you've been loving this podcast, it would mean so much to me if you left a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. It truly makes a difference in how many other busy cooks find this show and lets me know what you're loving and want to hear more of. For show notes and links to all the recipes and tools I mention, head to HealthyMamaChris.com slash podcast. For daily eats, cooking tips, and family-friendly shortcut dinner ideas, be sure to follow along over on Instagram at HealthyMamaChris. Remember, cooking for your family may not always feel easy, but it can be simple.